Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. Please, if you guys, anybody have any iPhone? Who has an iPhone? Any Mac products, iPhone, iPad? Okay, what I want you to do is get your phone, turn it around. If you don't have a case on it, if you turn around, I want you to notice there's an Apple on the back of the Apple products. Hence, Apple, got an Apple on the back, make a lot of sense. So I want you to see some, because we have an iServe sign, and up on this iServe sign we have, I want you guys to notice that the iServe sign, we have a full Apple. The Apple on the Mac, or on the i uh, Mac products, or Apple products, has a bite in it. Okay? So... What I begin to notice is there's a lot of times that the enemy will like to deceive you. And sometimes things are so, so close in front of our face, we don't notice it. Okay, you guys with me? There's things that are so close in your face, you don't notice what's going on. So I began to say, okay, I'm going to take some symbology the same way that the world takes symbology, but I'm going to use it to glorify God. So now we talk about Mac products, and you hear I serve. You think of iPhone and iMac and iWatch, and I say, well, I serve. So that's what we're going to do, I serve. So with the I serve, first of all, you see the apple, big apple. I'm going to tell you about the apple in a second. You notice the little I on I serve. Generally, in the, in the first part of a word, you use a capital letter. Well, why do we use a small I and I serve? We use a small I and I serve because you have to deny yourself, which means you have to get yourself smaller in order to serve. So I is a little I, not capitalized, because when you capitalize an I, makes yourself bigger than anything else. You get an I problem. I, I, I. Anyway, so you got a small I, and then if you notice, the serve is capitalized. Why? Why is the serve, serve capitalized? Because serving is the main part of being the part of the body of Christ. So therefore, we have the serve capitalized, the I being small. Then we get to the apple. Now, let me ask some of you saints in here. There are people that don't even believe in Jesus Christ that know this answer, and I know you all will answer. What is the fruit that we use to symbolize the tree that was in the Garden of Eden that Eve took a bite from. Say it out loud. It's an apple. Hmm. And as you notice, we use an apple. It wasn't an apple per se, but it is something that we use. We use the apple to signify that the fruit is on there. God said, from any tree of the, uh, in the garden you can eat from, but don't eat from this tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But she turned around. She grabbed it. She grabbed it. She listened to the enemy. She took a bite out of the apple. So therefore, on Mac products, I need you to see that on a Mac product, on Apple products, there is an apple with a bite out of it. This apple represents, you guys ready for this? Their strict disobedience and disbelief in God's word. God said, if you eat from, you shall surely die. But Mac is in our face telling us, we took a bite from the apple also, and we aren't dying. We are thriving disobedience. But as you look up here, the apple has no bite out of it, which signifies obedience. You guys with me? Because we are obedient by making ourselves smaller, by denying ourselves and serving each other. So therefore, you have a full apple. So what does this all mean? Apple products are the devil. So right now, if you have apple products, right now, we're just going to bring it right here to the altar. Just lay it at the altar. Right now, everybody come running. Just, just lay it at the altar. I'm joking, okay? You guys know how I am. For some of you, I saw some of y'all looking at me like, where is this dude going with this nonsense? Some of y'all didn't even believe right when I started. He's like, that's just me. I have fun. 
One time I did this, the first time I did it, you guys, and I didn't realize, you know, sometimes being a pastor, you say things over the pulpit, and I joke a lot, and people take me serious. And I was getting emails and text messages, and people were trying to, Pastor, I'm getting rid of this right now. I'm about to hit it with the sledgehammer. No, no, don't do that. It was a joke. It's just a joke. I don't know why they use the bite apple. I just said that. I just did it. Just to let you guys know, that's what a lot of media does nowadays, too. So, but we believe it and tell our friends. Anyway, you got that. Just, just so you guys know, we believe in Mac. We use Mac here. It's big old apple on the back with a bite out of it. We use it. iPhone, iPad. All right. So, as I was saying, some of you guys might be asking today, why, why, why I serve Sunday? Well, our staff gets lots of questions from people about where can I serve? Where can I be a help? We hear that a lot, and, and that's good, and, and, it, and it does my heart good. But our leadership decided, we got together and said, let's have an I Serve Sunday um, instead of Tuesdays, because traditionally we do it on Tuesdays, but let's do it on Sunday when everybody's here so they can see in what capacity they can serve their church. All right? So we decided to do it on, on, on Sunday. Now, guys, listen very carefully, because what I'm going to say today, some of you might disagree, and this might be a very hard word for some of you, okay? Okay? Okay, I'm just wanting to make sure you're listening because I, I need you to hear this very carefully. Um, if you're not serving, you ain't saved. That's pretty hard, Pastor, and I'm not laughing, and that's what that means. I'm not joking right now. There is no punchline. Why can I say that? How can I boldly say something like that? I can boldly say something because I think being a Christian means being what? Christ-like. If I'm a Christian, that means I'm a Christ-like, okay? Christ is a servant. He said, I didn't come to be served, but yet I come to serve. And if I'm like Christ, then I have to be like Christ, which means I have to be a servant also. And if I'm not doing what Christ was doing, then I'm not Christian. We can call yourself a Christian, like some people call themselves other things that they're not, but they feel that way, but it doesn't mean you are. Some people think they're Christian, but they're not Christian. If you're not serving, you're not saved because Christ was a servant. And if you're not a servant, then you're not saved. Tough word. I know. But instead of seeing you happy, I'd love to see you hate me for telling you the truth than to love me and me watch you go to hell. You can hate me here all day. But you'll love me when you see Jesus. Because that's what I want ultimately. So now when I'm talking about serving, when I'm talking about serving in the church, when I say church, I'm not talking universally. I'm talking locally. There's a difference. Universally is the Corpus Christi. It's the church the whole world over. We have brothers and sisters we never met. We're all part of the body of Christ, right? You know, it's like, hey, I'm part of that body. There's liberty across the way, man. There's a church over here, and then we got the door right here. We're all part of God's body. Yes, that's the Corpus Christi, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about locally. Here's the key thing. Universally, you're a light. Locally, you're a minister universally in the universal church when you're out there in the world and you're doing their thing you're supposed to be a light but when you're in the local church you're supposed to be a minister 
Now, I know a lot of different denominations have taken that word minister and they've made it a position. But do you know we've all been called to minister? That word minister means to serve. You are supposed to be serving. The problem is, is that some people get the title minister, they get the position, but they don't do what the position calls of them. They think that when I become a minister, then I let people serve me. Oh, okay, you guys, you ain't there. Yeah, hypocrite, hypocrites. Many, many people, and I see this a lot of times, think they fulfill their ministry at their job. What do you mean by that, pastor? People go, well, you know, my ministry is at my job. No. Let me help you out. A great man of God named Dr. Miles Monroe said this. He's went on to be with the Lord. He's a general. Good, good man. He said this. Your job is something you get paid for. Your ministry is something you would do even if you don't get paid. There is a difference. Now, don't get me wrong. Now, my, while you're at your job, you may pray for people, you may win people over, you may counsel people and bring them to the Lord, but there's one thing for sure, you would have never ministered to those people unless you were at your job getting paid. How do I know? Watch this. Somebody, who commutes? Anybody commute to work? Watch this. Your boss comes to you and says, hey, listen, um, there's something going on with the budget. We're not going to be able to pay, uh, pay you for the next three months. So uh, you, you don't have to come to work for the next three months, um, three, 90 days. You'll, you'll start getting paid again. Are you going to sit down and go, okay, I'm just going to drive to work here every day because there's five people at my job that need me there every day. They need me to minister to them. They need me to go ahead and pray for them and counsel them. So you're still going to drive to your job every morning through the traffic to go minister to those people without getting paid. Will you do it? No, you're not. Let's be honest. Let's, can I get five honest Christians in this place that would be honest and say, if I'm not getting paid at my job, I'm not going. Thank you. To be honest is the only reason why you're ministering to those people is because you got a job at that place. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not dogging you for it because it's good, but it's not your ministry. Your ministry is something different. When you are at work and you're being a light, God calls you to do that. You're fulfilling the scripture in Matthew 5, 16. It says this, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works, which will glorify your father in heaven. God expects you to be a light wherever you go. You know, I'm going to talk about Dre. Anybody ever gone to Rayleigh's and ran into Dre? Dre don't say his job is his ministry, but he does ministry at his job. Dre's ministry is locally in the body. His ministry is in the prisons. His ministry is in the juvenile halls, but he ministers here in the house. But at work, you see him, he'll, praise God, brother. Like I say again, bro, like I say again, you need, to, you need Jesus. I got you down pretty good, huh? Listen, my friend, listen, listen, my friend. So I don't know about you, but you need Jesus. <laughs> he's being a light everywhere he goes. But he's not saying, oh, my job's my ministry. Yes, God uses me in mighty, mightily at my job. 
Amen, brother. How's he using you at your local church? Well, no, my ministry is at my job. No! Because I promise you something. When Dre retires from his job, he ain't going in every day at four in the morning to go minister to those people. If he happens to go there and pick up groceries, he'll stop and say, hello, how you doing? What's going on? But he ain't going to do it every day. Why? Because that's his paying job that he's a light at. Now, can we talk about the local church? The local church is the church that you attend. That's where you're a minister. Somebody say minister. That means servant. That's where you serve. Do you guys know that Jesus Christ is our high priest? You guys know that? And where do priests, priests do their workings? In the temple. If a priest does his work in the temple, and you got the high priest in you, then where should you be doing your work? In the temple, in the church. Watch this, your local church, Hebrews 6.10, says this, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have sown toward his name, in that you have ministered, serving to the saints, and do minister. He's talking about in the house of God. You're, you're, you're sitting there, and you are serving, you are ministering to the saints in his name. In the local church. Now, God wants you to serve here at the church. Now, now, I like to add this, if I can. I'm going to get on a soapbox. Is that okay? Guys, just picture me getting on a soapbox. And I'm, I'm probably not talking to any of you, but I am talking at this church. Um, <laughs> do you realize that when you serve at church, God wants you to be faithful Okay, that's why I got that many amens. The reason why I get that many amens is because what happens is, you know, if you guys did your normal job the same way you did Christ's, Christ's ministry, everybody be unemployed. You know, so I'm not even looking down. I'm looking at the fan. I don't want you to think I'm even talking to you. I, I, I mean... <laughs> I'm just saying... A 20-year-old brawl gives more support than you. You can't be trusted with anything. I'm just saying because the, the thing, why am I saying that? You know what? People talk about burnout in church, and the reason why burnout in church happens is because people aren't fulfilling what they committed to do. Maybe I should just preach to the sign. I know this is a hard saying, but... I, I'm tired of seeing people like Liz working every service back there with the children's ministry and not getting fed. Do you know the Bible says, do not muzzle out the ox that treadeth out the corn? Well, what does that mean, Pastor? It means even though the ox is the workman, even though the ox is the one doing all the laboring, it was against Hebrew law to put a muzzle on them so they couldn't bite off the ends of the corn. Why? Because they're working too. But do you realize when you're not being faithful, when you're not serving, you're muzzling that ox, and I'm not saying that in a bad way, you're muzzling her out. She's not able to get in this sanctuary and get fed and eat too while we're sitting here eating on the word and getting fat. And I sit there, I'm like, I, I yell at her. Liz, you need to be in service. She's like, <laughs> 
Here's the big thing. Do you know that she denies herself the word of God? Now, she'll listen to on the app, and she does that. She gets here on Tuesdays. But watch this, you guys. You guys ready for this? Do you realize that she watches your children so that you can be in here getting fed? Because truly, if all our kids were in here right now, I wouldn't be able to preach because the kids become a distraction. They don't like it. They're sitting here. They're bored. So they go back there, and not only do they watch your children because it's not babysitting back there. I can promise you, your kids will go back there. They'll come out and start just telling you scriptures. From this ministry, and I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I teach my kids the Bible, but I remember one day we went to go see, see uh, the Moses movie, Exodus. And I'm sitting down during the middle of the movie, and if you guys know my son, he, he kind of got this thing from his nana that he can't be quiet during the movie. <laughs> right? So we're sitting there, we're watching the movie. My son, at the time, eight years old, dad, 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 that ain't real. When Moses came, he had Aaron with him. How do you? He didn't just have that one son. He had two sons. He started telling me things that I'm like, let me look that up on the phone. Because they're back there teaching your kids. They're not just watching them. They're instilling in them the word of God. So that when they're out there in the world because we're lacking to teach our children the way we're supposed to teach them, that they're in the church, they're teaching our kids so they can go back at the school. And when they tell them something that isn't of God, they can look at them and do just like my son did. Nope, that's not what the Bible says. But we're getting fed fat. And our children's workers are suffering. People come in here and clean up the church. Every Monday, every Friday, same people. They, they, they get in here and work, and they work, and they work. And praise God, they're getting burnt out. They, nobody asked me to say this. I'm just telling you as a pastor, because I'm supposed to know the state of the flock. Our worship team, there's people, there's some of you guys out here right now, skilled at doing, playing instruments, skilled at singing, sitting on your gift. Refuse to serve. No other word for it. Now, I'm waiting on the Lord. He's waiting on you. <laughs> you could be up here. You could be up here helping out. Now, now, don't get me wrong. If you can't sing, then sing. You can sing from over there like me. I, I sing right there in the seats. Now, that's my part of the worship team. Okay? That's what I do. I, I got a mic and everything. If you guys ever see me, I'm air, air bass. I'm playing the bass, piano. I'm doing all that. But if you can't sing and do all that, you just you can't know. But we need to serve in the local church. I've even had some people say this to me. Like, look, I come to church. Ain't that enough? I come to church for God. I give God some honor. You know, I come to church. Let me help you guys out. Coming to church ain't for God. It's for you. For you. You come to church, you get blessed. And But when you mature, you start coming to church. Why? For other people. Can I be honest with you? You know, there's times I don't feel like coming. Like some, somebody knew. But, but you're the pastor. Exactly. There's times I wake up Sunday morning and be like, oh, I want to call Jenny. <laughs> Jenny, can you preach today? I just ain't feeling it. Yeah, me and Kai, we, we, I don't know, we going to the spa or something. We're going to the lake or something. I feel that way. Can I be honest? 
I mean, everybody wants a vacation. Right? I mean, is anybody's job calling at 2 in the morning? Yeah. Not many of y'all right. And if they start calling you like, no problem, I'm on the clock. Four hours. As pastors, we get phone calls 2, 3, 4 in the morning, 6 in the morning. We get calls all the time, text messages and everything. So we're tired. And this is seven days a week. And, and, and watch this. There are times we get tired. But we realize that what we do is bigger than ourselves. Now, I'm sharing this with you because that's not just a pastor's job. It's everybody's job. The Bible says we have to deny, little I, ourselves. We have to deny ourselves. So I know, I mean, if you guys feel like days like, man, I just don't feel like coming to church to serve. I know I was scheduled, but I ain't coming. It's not about how you feel that day. It's about how you're going to help somebody else out that day. Your, your blessing will be bigger when you don't feel like it. Am I right? There's days you'd be like, man, I just don't even feel like doing it, struggling. There's days of some of my best preaching, I'm, I'm like coming up here, I'm not feeling well, I'm half sick, been a bad week, and I'm just struggling to get up here. And then all of a sudden, I just begin to move. I'm like, wow, prophesying. And things just start happening. I've seen it even with my wife and with Jenny and them during our hardest times, during the times that we're all pressed on every side, is when God really begins to move because we denied ourselves. We began to serve in the capacity which God called us to serve. Coming to church isn't for you. It's for others. You know, Jesus didn't ever serve himself. Watch this. When he could, he went to the, he was called, went out to the uh, desert. When he was out to the desert, the Bible said the Holy, he got baptized, Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness. And he was out in the wilderness. He said that the Holy Spirit led him out there to fast and be tempted of the devil. Now, after he was fasted and everything, the Bible said that he hungered. So he was hungry. His fast was over. Amen? You guys know, if any of you guys have ever fasted, you're looking at the clock from the time you start fasting. You're like, okay, this is a seven-day fast. I, I'm at seven on the seventh day at midnight. I'm waking up, and I'm eating a donut or something. Right? You guys know about it. So, so 40 days of fasting, it's time to eat. He can eat if he wanted to. One of the things he was tempted with was to serve himself. If you be the son of God, turn this rock into bread. He had every right. He had every right to eat. He had every right to use his natural power for himself. But he said no. And you guys know, man will not live off of bread alone, but every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. What he's saying at the time is, I will not use what God has given me to bless myself. I will use what God has given me to go out. Because you know what he did? He went out and made more bread, more loaves, more fish for other people to eat. Because, look, because he denied himself. The greater miracle was gonna, would not have happened if he would have served himself. Oh. He, didn't, he hadn't fed the, the 5,000 yet. He hadn't went out and multiplied the fish and loaves yet. But because he didn't turn one rock into one piece of bread for himself, he was allowed to turn to, uh, two breads and, and our, our five loaves and two pieces of fish into a whole bunch for, for thousands of people. What kind of miracle are you missing out on your lives for by serving yourself? Message. There's a message in that one. Okay, I'm going to give you five reasons we're going to get out of here. Five reasons. Five reasons why we should serve in the church. Number one, 
it helps you become selfless. It also helps you to follow in Christ's footsteps. Luke 9 and 23. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him think about himself only. Take up your cross and follow me. I'll read it the way I just read it. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him think about himself only. Oh, okay, y'all are following me. It's a trick there. Can I just stop and pause real quick? This is the problem with most of us here today. Our generation. I've heard this, this what I'm about to say, in a derogatory statement, but I'm thinking it has no color lines because they said if you want to hide something from this generation, put it in a book. I just read something and not one of y'all caught it. And if you did catch it, you were silent about it, which is even worse. Consider yourselves chastised. I know I'm a man of God, and, and amen, I do my best. Sometimes I mess up. But you know what? You better start reading the word of God for yourselves. You read it along with me, just like the Bereans. The Bereans themselves said that every time Paul spoke, they looked in the scripture to see if what Paul said was so. Wait, wait, hold on. Okay, yes, yeah, what you said. Go ahead. Let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Listen, saints, there's a thing here about taking up your cross. Do you realize you're not just going to walk around and carry a cross? Jesus didn't walk around and carry a cross all day. He had a specific place he carried that cross to, and that cross was to Golgotha to be crucified. There's some things that God is calling you to carry, but I promise you, he's telling you there's a certain destination you're going to have to take it to. You're going to lay down on that thing. You're going to let other people nail your hands because you're not going to do it yourself. Nail your hands, nail your feet to that cross, and crucify yourself, and you're going to have to stay there until you can say, it is finished. Then they're going to let you down off the cross. You can't get out down off the cross yourself. Jesus didn't. This is a good message. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm excited myself. It's going to take people to put you on the cross, but it's even going to take people to help you down off of it. This is why it's important that you keep relationships because people are going to help you down off that cross, take care of you so you can get ready to carry your next cross. When we serve others, we become Christ-like our Christians. Number two, God commands that we serve one another. God commands it. He said in Mark 9, 35, he says this, and he sat down and he called the 12 and he said unto them, if any man desires to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. He said, if you want to be first, you got to make yourself last and become a servant of everybody. Servant of all. Well, man, I ain't been called to uh, clean. Well, then you ain't been called. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen, right? We get, we, get, we get a little uppity when we hear that. You know, it's like, you know, God called me and I chose to follow. No, God said, you didn't choose, I chose you. And see, when he chooses us, what the thing is, I've called you, but not many have chose to answer the call. God, the call is to serve, not in a specific place. It's just get to work. Number three. It makes the church function as a healthy body. 
when we serve. Why should we serve? Because it makes the church function as a healthy body. Can, can, can I just take a second here? I, I know I might go over time, but I need to explain a little something to you. We have a friend here that comes to our church, and we got a phone call, and she had a stroke. My father-in-law went to go see her, and he said, it, it don't look good. She, her, her whole side was paralyzed. Now, you know when, when, when the, a stroke happens, it's because blood didn't flow to a certain area of the brain, and because that happens, the body starts working. Now, do you realize that's the problem with the church today? Except that there's nothing wrong with the head. It's just the blood stopped flowing to the body. You guys know what it's not, I'm talking about, right? So when, when you have a stroke and one side of your body's not working, the other side has to do all the work. And it causes more strain and, and, and pressure on the other side that it was never meant to carry. Uh, let, me, let me help you out. We got a foot ministry that's called the children's ministry, and it's pulling the other leg that should be helping, and it's straining, and it's causing too much pressure and too much burnout. If the other foot was working, they'd be able to walk and get the job done, and they'd get there over three times faster. You guys know when blood ain't flowing, it falls asleep. You guys fell asleep on your hand before? Wake up in the morning and be like, oh, oh, oh. Your hand is it just like, man. And you want to start moving it, but you can't. So then you get your other hand and you start massaging and getting the blood through to get to. You start letting that other hand come over and start working the other. Mm, get the blood flowing. See, sometimes there's people that have lost the blood flow. And the hand that does have the blood flow comes over and begins to massage and, and work that because the hand, I really don't feel like going to church. No, you won't go to church today. Oh, I don't feel like, so no, you're going to serve. You're going to serve because they're helping the blood start going back into the hand. And, and as that blood starts flowing, it begins to move. And as it begins to move because of the blood flow, then the hand begins to operate the way that it was called to operate. Y'all know about it. You get it when your hand's all numb. You're like, uh, blood flow do you know there's so many people in here with spiritual blood clots it's crazy you know blood clot clots stops blood flow watch this there's a thing that's called a dvt deep venous thrombosis people usually get them in their legs they get a dvt in their legs stops the blood flow for to their leg so when the blood flow stops the foot they they, they, they don't have pain in it i mean they don't have, they can't feel nothing in the foot at first but then it starts to hurt and then because there's no blood flow and there's no oxygen and the, the proper nutrients isn't getting to the foot, then all of a sudden the foot begins to decay. It begins to rot. And it begins to stink. Y'all know what stinking people in church with stinky, nasty, rotten attitudes. And the funny part about it, they ain't even serving. They ain't got no blood flow. So as that happens... The only thing to do is, if the right hand offends thee, cut it off. See, I didn't catch that one. Because if it doesn't get caught off, guess what happens? That rot starts spreading. And bad company corrupts good manners. You got to stop that thing before it spreads. See, that's why God wants servants in his house. I don't know about you. How many people, anybody in here got a person at your job? that don't work. You hustling, grinding, getting it in, doing everything you're supposed to do. And then guess what happens? Payday comes around, they get paid just as much as you do. Isn't that irritating? Is it frustrating? 
That's the number one reason why you want to quit your job. Because you're working too hard. And everybody else is just sitting around. That's Jesus calling. Answer. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5. For, at, for as we have many members in one body, all and all the members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members of one another. We all are joined. We should be functioning properly, being able to pop lock for Jesus, okay? We need to be connected to, to break that thing down. Ephesians chapter 4, 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together. Fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto edification of itself. So what does it mean? Is everybody's working. If everybody works, the church will grow and the church will grow strong. Strong. God wants us working and functioning properly together, but it only happens with everybody's working. Do you guys realize that everybody in here works? I mean, everybody in here counts. Everybody in here matters. How many people want to do without their pinky toe? Exactly. What purpose does it serve? I don't know. But it looks good with a pair of sandals on. You, you wouldn't even wear sandals you're missing your pinky toe. You're going to wear some Crocs. <laughs> Cover them toes up. Fourth reason. It's the only way for you to discover to you to discover your gift. How are you gonna tell I if so many people talk, they don't serve because like, you know, I don't know my gift and, and pastor, I don't know where I should serve because I don't know what gift I have. I, I you know, I have the gift of wisdom and, and an administration. And pastor, I got this gift and I don't know where I could use it at in the church. No, 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 no. You don't know your gift because you ain't started serving. How many people love Christmas? Right? You look at the Christmas tree, none of the Christmas tree, there's gifts. You don't know what's in the gift. You just know it's wrapped. It's for you, but you don't know what it is. Come on, somebody. So I got a gift. It's under the tree. It's wrapped, but I don't know what it is because it, what the gift is is actually inside the box. So how am I going to discover what's my gift? How am I going to discover what's in the box? You unwrap it. Work. What am I saying? I'm saying in order for you to discover what's inside of you, it's going to take work to unwrap it. Unwrapping, working, through serving, you're going to discover your gifts and your talents. Do you realize your real gift is in the box, not on the outside? Now, I don't know about you. Some of y'all might have been like me at one time, and you couldn't afford wrapping paper. So you went, you got some old newspapers. Y'all ever do that? You got you got not everybody. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad because got the comics. Yeah, you remember the comics? You get the comics. That's when you was fancy. If you had the Sunday, if you could afford the Sunday paper because they was always extra. Sunday paper was like a dollar. So you get the, the paper, you wrap it, you only have one piece of tape, so you had to be creative on how you folded it. Boom, one piece of tape. Give it to the person. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Then it's funny because when you gave it to the person, they don't ever really care how it's wrapped. They just care about what's inside. You know, they, they don't care about how you're giving it to them. They just want to tear open the box and get to the good stuff. Right? 
Wait, wait, some of us, you know, some of us are wrapped just like that. We, we're wrapped in looking like last year's news. I, I mean, my kids have wrapped some stuff up for me before, and it looks, ter- it looks I mean, it looks terrible, honestly. They <laughs> tape. <laughs> Here, Daddy. I'm like, thanks. But I know what they, what they, what's really important is what isn't what's on the outside. What's important is on the inside. See, that's why the house of God is so important, because God doesn't care about how you've been wrapped and what you may have done with the wrapping that God has given you. You may have torn it and tethered it, and it may look all nasty and look like last four-year news, but God says, look, I'm not worried about that. I need you to work, and I need you to crucify that wrapping, that flesh, in order that the gift that I've given you inside you will come out and begin to manifest so you can start working in the purpose that I've given you. And that comes through serving. Somebody say, I serve. Say it like you mean. Say, I serve. That's what I'm saying. The fifth. There's a fifth reason. Fifth reason. Why? As I close, you're supposed to serve. Why are you supposed to serve? It helps you get connected. Helps you get connected. So many times I hear people talking about, well, you know, I was at a church and I don't feel connected. And I'll look at them just as I'm a pastor. I'm like, where were you serving? Well, I, you know, I never really found a place to serve. Well, that's why you ain't connected. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This, this, this man came to me one day, and his name's Eric Bossett, Erica's dad. This is what he said to me one day. We, we got done doing this work, we putting some stuff together. Crazy. He looks at me after we were done. He said, it's official. I was like, what are you talking about? It's official. He said, we could be friends now. Like, I thought we was friends before. He goes, no, we just worked together. So now we can really be friends. And I was like, how does that work? And then I began to start seeing is that when you work with somebody, you start to see sides of that person that you would never see before. You got, you got, there's people at your job that, you, you know, you could tell. It's like, man, if I wouldn't have worked with you, I never would have known this about you. Come on. Has anybody ever been in ministry with somebody more than three weeks? If you really want to know a person's character, go work in the children's ministry for a day. When them little kids get to run around not listening. You guys know some, some of the bad kids back there, some of them PKs back there. Try your nerves. I gave, I gave them permission to spank them. So. But they'll try your nerves, and stuff starts to come out of something. You get to see the real side of a person when you work with them. You begin to see what makes them happy, what makes them sad. You get to see all these things about them you would never see unless you started serving with them. A brother's born for adversity. That's what they're here for, for us to go through adverse things, for us to clash. Iron sharpens iron. That comes through friction. Friction is work. It has to happen. There's no reason for you not to be connected. I mean, we have all so many different things, and you can't just do one thing and think that's it. It, it, You know, you can't just lift weights and say you're in shape. You got to eat right. You got to do cardio. Cardio. You got to do all these things. You don't just come to church. You just don't read your word. You just don't pray, but you got to serve. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. 
once again. Thank you and have a blessed day.